The Bible says that there's a time and a season for everything. A time to build up, a time to tear down, a time to pluck up, and a time to raise up. A time to live and a time to die. Yes, our God is powerful. He's almighty. He's gracious. But, but sometimes God has to call us to the mat. Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, it says, especially those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. Folk who run around with no restraints, he says, these especially will be punished. Hankering, the Bible says, if we do our study on this text, after polluting and unlawful use of the flesh. Now, God has given us some instruction, folk. He's given us some instructions on how to live. And then we find some of this instruction, and you can write it down. I'll read it for you in Jude 8. In Jude 8, but for clarity's sake, I'm going to roll through. Start at verse 5. And you can read this in your leisure. It says, but I want to remind you. The writer of Jude says, but I want to remind you. That's why we're still here in the second Peter. We want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Now, wait a minute. We just said that the Lord is forgiving, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is caring, but here God is calling the believers to the mat. But I want to remind you, this is what the writer here in Jude is doing. He says, I want to remind you, people of God, this morning, I want us to be conscious. Even Paul says he wished that we'd be not ignorant, brethren. Yes, the Lord is gracious. Yes, he's almighty. Yes, he's forgiven. But I want to remind you that once that you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterwards, Destroyed those who did not believe. Verse 6 says, And the angel who did not keep their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under the darkness of the judgment of the great day. Verse 7 says, As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around, around them in a similar manner of these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and going after the strange flesh and set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. This is where I want to get this verse 8. <laughs> Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh Reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. It's talking about these folk in that first part of verse 10. These especially, they're dreamers, the Bible calls them. According to the study of this text, it says they're dreamers. They defile the flesh. Why? Because they've gone off <laughs> into this headspace 
what we call head knowledge. A whole lot of people know God through head knowledge. But knowing God and having a relationship, it's about the relationship with Jesus Christ, not about head knowledge, not about how many years you've been in a seminary and, and how many degrees you have on the wall. But if you have not a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're already on the wrong track. Verse 10 says, especially those who follow, because with head knowledge, we tend to go off on our own way. We tend to go off in our own power. I know, especially for myself, about the relationship with Jesus Christ, and we're going to get to some more stuff in the text. There were days that God commanded me to go right, and I went left. He commanded me to get on my face, but I wanted to stand up proud because I wanted to be seen. I wanted my friends to see me. I wanted my family to see me. I wanted the church folk to see me. But I got news for you. Church folk, not talking about Christians, just for the church folk, don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in because at the end of the day, it's about how we live for Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody. Second Peter chapter 2 calls us to the mat. And in verse 8, a Jew, it says, Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority. Who cares what the pastor got to say? I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't think that's right. It talks about speaking evil of dignitaries, those who are in high positions, those who are in a position of authority. Keep your mouth off your pastor. Amen, somebody. Everybody ain't got to agree. This ain't bunches theology. This is the word of God. Keep your mouth off your leaders. They, especially, according to that verse 10, first part, they especially... Those folk who can't keep their mouth off leadership. The Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. I know this ain't the clapping type of message, but it's real. It's God's word. It's not something bunch dreamed up. My thinking don't even go that far. It says they especially will be punished. Why? After following after the lust of uncleanliness. Well, we watch the news. I ain't picking on nobody in particular, but I'm just saying what I'm saying. We all watch TV, amen, somebody? We all on Facebook. We all on Facebook, some even doing church service, but I ain't going to say nothing. But watch this. We, as a nation of people, have to repent because not only have we found ourselves following after uncleanliness, defilement, but, but, but it says a hankering after polluting and awful use of the flesh. We, 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 I, I, it's not just enough. It's not just enough for me to hear from another person on Facebook or on the news about what's going on that's immoral to God's word, according to God's word. But I have a hankering for this thing. I got a feeling something deep down inside won't, 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 won't let me get away from this hankering. It, 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 it's, it's a feeling that, that we just got to have it. 
Ask most drug addicts. They can tell you about a hankering. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Don't duck. Ask most alcoholics. They can tell you about a hankering. Amen, somebody. We all have a hankering for something. But these immoral folk that God is calling to the mat here in this 2 Peter chapter 2, they have a hankering for this lifestyle that they know is against God's will. That's what the young preacher said a couple weeks ago. But to get down to the second part of this verse 10, chapter 2. <laughs> wow. It says, bold, hear me well, arrogant people. They are not afraid to slander the glorious ones. Bold, arrogant people. Why would the writer of this text say something like that about people who are in church every Sunday? BTU meeting, Bible study, men's breakfast. Why, why would the writer have to sketch this in in the second Peter chapter 2 latter part of verse 10? Why would he say something like this about our people? Because God knows the heart of man. I, I'm not concerned with how many scriptures you can quote. I'm not concerned with how many times you knock down the door when it's Bible study time. That's not my concern. But God, in his word, he says, bold, arrogant people. See, some may not know, but, but the word of God says, Jesus said this. He says, many draw close to me with their mouth, but their hearts far from me. Bold, arrogant folk. They're not afraid to slander those who are in charge, those who have God have put in position. In fact, he calls them presumptuous. Dares one to come against him. He, they dare, they, in fact, help, help self-help rather, begets presumption. I got this thing. I've been to seminary. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. Can't nobody tell me that I don't know what I'm doing. Didn't you see the degrees on my wall when you came in the door? Let's talk about head knowledge, folk. Presumptuous. Watch this. It talks of a person or their behavior. Failing to observe of what is permitted or appropriate. Watch this. They're not afraid to speak evil. They're not afraid to speak blasphemy. They ain't afraid. They have no limits. They have no filters. Have y'all ever met anybody that just don't seem to have a filter about anything? That would just say anything and do anything that comes to their mind. These are the type of people that God is pointing out in this text. 
failing people, failing to observe the limits of what is permitted or appropriate. Who cares that God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, other things will be added? Who, who cares? These people don't care about that. Who cares that the Bible says, according to God's word, love thy neighbor as you love yourself? Who, 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 who cares? These people don't care. Their people, these people don't have a heart after God. What am I saying? Y'all ask some great questions. Watch this. Watch this. I, I love a live crowd. I love it. I love it. We're going to work on it together to watch this. They're not afraid to speak evil. And guess what? Some of these folk mingle with us every day. They know the right things to say. They know the right time to say them, to tickle our fancy, so to speak. No pun intended. They know all the right scriptures to say and when to say them. To get something down inside of us percolating. But at the same time, they're deceivers. They have no limits. They have no filters because some believe, and I heard a young man say this a minute ago about somebody who did not believe in a heaven or a hell. Well, 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 I can tell you this much as a believer that just as heaven is real, so is hell. And we're going to find that out as long as we walk through this text. Watch this. Verse 11 says, Verse 11 says this, however, now we talked about these folk that's bold, arrogant, they have no filters, they have no restraints, but watch this, somehow in verse 11, it says, however, angels who are greater in might and power, do not bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm dealing with folk who have no filter, who have no restraint, will say and do anything that comes to their mind, but here is the angel. That hear this foolishness, it's, it's, it's in their hearing. They see what's going on. They see the way these people are living. But this text says, and you can look it up when you get home. If you got, got it on your Bible right now, you check it out. It's not a bunch of theology. It's the word of God. However, angels who are greater in might and power do not bring slanderous charges against them before the Lord. Wait a minute. But I ran across some folk that I met in church. After church, now let me tell you this. I'm going to throw this in parenthetically. Watch this. Sometimes we go hang out at Walmart. People, other people have their stores that they go to after church. Everybody's trying to get some last minute stuff and all of this. And I'm throwing this in for free so you don't have to worry. Watch this. Most folk you catch in Walmart and Target and all these stores, wherever we may frequent, most folk, after a certain time, is just getting out of church. Most folk, just getting out of church. Y'all want to know how I can, I can tell? I'll share a little secret with you. Don't tell everybody. It's between us. 
most folk who have just come out of the house of God, praying and speaking in tongues, and leaving in the handy, all of that stuff, and singing Zion songs will get in Walmart and turn their nose up at you. Why, Bunch? Good question. Because guess what? The Baptists think they got a good bead on the, the, the sanctified the church of COVID, COVID, whatever they call it, Kojic, they think they got a good bead on it. Jehovah Witness think they got it all together, but I got news for you. Nobody have it together until God calls us home. The Bible says let the wheat and the tear grow together, but yet in Walmart we want to do God's job. And Target, we're, 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 we're figuring out, we want to, God, I got this. I'm sanctified, fire-filled with the Holy Ghost. I know a demon when I see it. This is at Walmart and your local Target. Even the McDonald's drive through we're judging folk. And that's the whole point of this. We're judging folk, but here it is, the angels see how we're living see how other folk are living and yet at the feet of God they don't bring an accusation against us so my question to you this morning is who do we think we are when I judge my brother and I judge my sister because they may do things different than I do they may sing different than I do they may sing in a different key than I do they may worship different, but I've already placed judgment in my heart. It's not our job. If the angels that sit at the feet of God know their place, why are we always out of order? Jude 9 says this, and this is an argument that Michael had going on with the devil. Jude 9 says, watch this. Yet the archangel Michael, in contend, contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not to bring <laughs> against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Newsflash, people. We don't carry enough weight to judge anybody. We don't carry enough weight to be in a judgment seat where God belongs. In other words, we, we, we sometimes we get almost like Satan. You remember, Satan was right there. He, he, he was heaven's praise leader. He knew the ins and outs. He knew how to make people get up. He knew how to make them clap. He knew how to make them feel good. He was right there, but, 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 but it wasn't enough. He wanted God's seat. Satan and the archangel, Angel Michael, begin to dispute over Moses' body. Because at the end of the day, Satan wanted this nation of people to worship him and denounce God. It talks about in the presence of the Lord, the judge. Watch this. Talking about the angels. In the presence of the Lord, the judge. Talking about God. In reverence, these are angels, they abstain from judgment, 
Judgment belongs to who? God, not the angels. How great is the dignity of the saints who, as Christ assesses, shall hereafter judge the angels. Do you know what kind of position God has us in? That one day, we will actually have to sit and judge angels because we're assessors of Christ. Christ wanted us to not only share in his glory, but his power as well. And watch this. There's something else we can, you can write down if you're taking notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. It reads in verse, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and this first one says, a person should think of this in, in, his, in its way. As servants of Christ and managers of the mysteries, I'm reading the first four to make it clear. And in this regard, it is required that the managers be found faithful. It is of little importance to me that I should be judged by you or in a human court. In fact, don't even, I don't even judge myself. Here's four and five. For I am not conscious of anything against myself, but I am not justified by this. So don't judge anything, it says, prematurely before the Lord comes, who will both bring light, what is hidden in darkness, and reveal the, the intentions of the heart. And praise will come to each from God. Watch this. In his first Corinthians chapter four, verses four and five, what he's talking about, people that won't keep their mouth off leadership, those folk who want to sit in judgment, but but it gives it gives a precursor. It says a person should think of think of this in this way as servants of Christ and managers, 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 your pastors, your teachers, your Sunday school teachers. Those folk who are in a position to spread the gospel, you're talking about the community blitz. That means you too. Managers of the mysteries of God. He's talking about the gospel, the good news. Don't judge anything prematurely. Oh, they'll never get it. Look how they're living. He still got a beer in the cabinet. He still got wine on the counter. Don't prejudge anything prematurely before the Lord comes, who will both bring to light what is hidden in darkness and reveal the intentions of the heart. We can talk all day and it don't move God because he knows our heart. And that's one of the biggest excuses I've heard uh, in my church life. Well, baby, the Lord know my heart. Yes, he does. And we have to be careful because we can't fool God at any time. If superior angels dare not as being in the presence of God, the judge, speak evil even of the bad angels, how awful of the good presumption of those who speak evil blasphemy of good dignities. Leaders. <laughs> Your president. 
your governors, your mayors. These people ain't in position by accident. God's got them. It's not our job to judge anybody. Because if God placed them in a position to care for people and they don't do it right, God's got a place for them. So guess what? Bunch is not going to stay up one night worrying about how my mayor's living. I'm not going to stay up one night worrying about what the president doing while I'm supposed to be asleep. Both of us don't need to stay up. I serve a God who needs to slumber no sleep. Come on, talk to me. What? what? Well, well, I, I, if, if, if the good angels, the superior angels, won't judge the bad angels because they know it's God's job, we got to stay out of God's way. Verse 12, watch this. But these people, <laughs> oh God, like irrational animals, that's not nice. Creatures of instinct. Hmm. Wow. Born to be caught and destroyed. Slander what they do not understand, and in their destruction, they too will be destroyed. So why do all of us have to stay up worrying about somebody else's business when God says, but these people, the ones who live like this, no restraint. He called them irrational animals, creatures of instinct, <laughs> like irrational animals. By these things, they are destroyed. And verse 11 of Jude says this. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have plunged into Balaam's error for profit, and have perished in Korah's rebellion. Now, anytime I've seen woe in the Bible, it's usually nothing good that follows. But it says, woe to them. And if you're in that category, duck, I, I, I'm sorry, say amen or something. But, but it says, woe to them that have gone the way of Cain and plunged into Balaam's error for profit and have perished in Korah's rebellion. Now watch this. According to the writer here in Jude, uh, these people seal their consequences for their sins. Their punishment is so certain, in fact, that the writer uh, regards it as already have come. What I've learned through the study of this text, watch this, is something uh, called the libertine. It talks about how these people follow after the pattern of Cain. Watch this, and I had to look it up. Watch this, a libertine. I said, what in the world is a libertine? I thought it was talking about saltine. saltine. I like to eat. Watch this. Watch this. That ain't funny. Y'all supposed to laugh with me, not at me. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. A libertine. A person, especially a man who behaves without moral principles or a sense of responsibility. 
especially in sexual matters. Libertine. A person, especially a man, who behaves without moral principles or a sense of responsibility, especially, especially rather in sexual matters. Two, a person who rejects accepted opinions on matters of religion called the free thinker. In fact, I won't pick on them, but watch this. There's actually a group called the Libertines, but I'm going to let that go for right now. We're going to stay in the word. You look it up when you get time. The Libertines. A person, especially a man, who behaves without moral principles. This is some of the folk we talked about earlier that live like we have no restraints. These Libertines followed Cain in the sense, watch this, Cain, we know Cain murdered his brother Abel. His, his brother's uh, offering was more acceptable acceptable than his, he got hot, he was mad. In fact, he let it fester so that he killed his brother. Now in the sense that we're talking here about these libertines or these folk who followed the principle of Cain in the sense, watch this, murdered men's soul, how? By preaching and teaching corrupt doctrines and persecuting believers. We, 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 every week we have the persecuted uh, church that we, that we pray for, and this is some of the things that he's talking about. We have to be careful what comes out of our mouth when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But these folk who have no restraint in the same sense murder men, men's soul by their corrupt doctrine. We've seen the news every week just about there's somebody showing up at a ministry showing out. That's not a part of the ministry, but they, their intent is to prove somebody or something wrong about this gospel that we follow according to Jesus Christ. But Paul says, if another come to you bringing you yet another gospel, he says, flee from them. You better get it from around those folk because something ain't right. How is it that there's a whole nother gospel, and I won't say no names, it's just an example. After the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. I know y'all done heard it. It's been introduced. You, you've got a whole nother Bible after Revelation. Lies and garbage. Watch this. These people have evidence, disobedience, and rebellion as he did. They have shown that they are proud, corrupt, and wicked. And just a few characteristics here of Cain, of those who knew just a few characteristics, it says pride. We, we don't know anybody that suffered with that illness, do we? Naughtiness. Restless. Under the restraints of virtue. Oh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I have to have boundaries? How many of y'all got children? I see y'all. Don't fool yourself into trying to be your child's friend and allow them to live with no boundaries. Oh, it sounds cool to be the cool parent. Uh-huh. Mind looking at me right now. 
but I love her to death, love her to life. But we had to make it known that we cannot live in this world without restraints. Watch this. Even that others were more favored and, and a spirit of hatred of the brethren which would lead to murder. People who live without restraints, no restrictions, find themselves in a bad spot. All restraints in this text. It talks about people. <laughs> no restraints. Happy-go-lucky. I can do whatever it is I wanted to. But watch this. That's a lie. There was an individual. We talked about it early in verse 10. Balaam. Balaam was a diviner. And Balak, the king of Moab, came sent some men rather to see Balaam. And the king says, listen, I hear that you're a prophet of God. And this is where we've got to be careful. I hear that you're a prophet of God. He says, there's some people that has come up out of Egypt and there's some strong folk. There's a lot of them. He says, I know God will listen to you. He says, I want you to come here to Moab and curse these people called the Israelites. <laughs> God, of course, commands him to refuse. Balaam obeys, but here comes temptation. The king this time sends more men. He sweetens the pot with more power, more money, more wealth for Balaam. And here he is, a prophet of God. Balaam eventually falls for the okey-doke. Something happened in this Numbers chapter 22. You get time in your leisure, you can write it down, go back and check it. Please don't take my word for, for it. Balaam and his servants now are on a journey to meet with Balak, the king of Moab. And around Verse 23, something happens. This story may sound familiar. Balaam suits up his donkey, his servants with him. They're on their way traveling to see Balak, the king of Moab. He's thinking because he knows he has to do what God has commanded him to do. Lord, this offer sounds so sweet. But one other thing he had to realize, and I don't care who you are today, can't nobody curse what God has blessed. And this is the position that Balaam found himself in. As he traveled, watch this, and I'm going to wrap up. When a donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing on the path with a drawn sword in his hand. And this is something we got to visualize ourselves in. Please do. The Bible says she turned off the path and went into the field. So Balaam hit her to return to the path. He whipped the donkey. Then the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, stood in a narrow passage between the vineyards. 
the wall on both sides. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord and pressed herself against the wall, squeezing Balaam's foot against it. So he hit her again. And the angel of the Lord went ahead in a narrow place where there was no room to return to turn to the right or the left. But when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, the donkey bowed down to the ground while Balaam was yet sitting on the donkey. Bible says that Balaam became so angry that he beat the donkey again. Then watch this. This is something miraculous happening. We may remember Paul, Saul at the time going through something very similar. The Bible says, then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. And she asked Balaam, what have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? Balaam answered, watch his pride. Answered the donkey and said, you have made me look like a fool. If I had a sword in my hand right now, I would kill you. The donkey answered and said, Am I not the donkey that you have ridden all your life until today? Have I ever treated you this way before? And Balaam replied, No. And this is what happened to Balaam. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the path with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam knelt low and bowed in worship on his face. Then the angel of the Lord asked, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? Look! I have come out to oppose you because I consider what you are doing to be evil. Then the donkey saw me, this is the angel, and turned away from me these three times. And she had not turned, watch this, hear me well, and I'm wrapping up. If she had not turned away from me, this for somebody today, I would have killed you by now let her live. People of God, we're living on grace time. Yeah. We're living on grace time. God could have killed us a long time ago. But he always, always keeps a route of escape for us. This is what Balaam said and I'm gone. And what we have to get ourselves to he says, Lord, I have sinned. For I did not know that you were standing in the path to confront me. And now, if it is an evil in your sight, Balaam says, I'll go back. I'm, I'm going to go back. Is anybody here today wanting to go back? 
what I'm talking about. Repent. Wherever you are, sitting in your seat on your way home to your favorite Walmart or Target location, repent. Your life depends on it. God bless you.